it would if it was piles of money that would be <laughs> yeah but that's the key for, yeah. for me it's really like walking in and seeing a tap room full of people like i see that every day and it's just one of those things like all these people chose to come here they chose to buy this beer this is the spot that they want to hang out at like laughing carrying on having a good time that that makes me happy Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on-the-road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24-foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. You know how like people say to start a very serious speech, or actually any speech for that matter, with like a joke to kind of ease into it and kind of get the audience engaged? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we first interviewed Ben and Richie from Meddlesome Brewing Company, you kind of asked a question that was kind of a joke. You should ask a joke. You should start this podcast. I should ask a joke? Yeah. <laughs> you okay. should ask a joke. Okay. I'll go with the same one that I asked them. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even ask them, but I said it to them. Oh, it was a question, though. Okay. <laughs> so what happens when you put a brewer from Nashville and a brewer from Memphis in the same room. I don't know. You guys are going to have to listen to the podcast to find out. And also, you know, of course, more about their beer and their whole vibe and everything that is Memphis and Tennessee. So, you know, it's kind of cool, too. What? We recorded this podcast with Ben and Richie from Metalsim in Memphis, Tennessee, initially when we were in Medellin, Colombia. And we are now sitting in your parents' driveway (laughs) back in the States in Denver, Colorado. We're in our mobile studio. I know, right? (laughs) And then now virtually we're bringing you again to Memphis, Tennessee. Isn't that kind of cool? Like all these locations you get to go to. We took you around the globe, baby. Yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But I think um, you guys are really going to like this podcast. It's another one of our collabs, so to say, with Malt Europe Malting Company. We met Ben and Richie through Rick Barney. He's um, one of the sales craft sales managers at Malt Europe. And we want to highlight these wonderful, awesome breweries. Um, there's so many of them. So we're just going to highlight a couple for American Craft Beer Week in partnership and collab with Malt Europe. And yeah. We're excited, as usual, to be talking to anybody and anything to do with beer. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> Plus, these but, guys, I yeah. love their whole thing. Like, ooh, can you do Scooby? How do you do Scooby Doo? Ooh, Scooby Scooby Doo, where are you? That's how do you not do Scooby? how Scooby sings. Well, how does Scooby well, he talk? He didn't sing the song. How does Scooby talk? <laughs> Because they're whole That's thing. pretty close, I think. You'll hear more about that, too. You're just going to have to listen. <laughs> I'm not going to explain the Scooby-Doo reference, but you'll figure it out. Yeah. Right? Okay. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure about this intro, but maybe we should let Ben and Richie talk a little bit more. We probably should because I'm going off the rails fast. You always go off the rails. It's just a little quicker than you. You made me do the Scooby-Doo thing. I can't okay. help it. Alrighty. Please. I take no... I take no blame for that one ben and richie co-owners co-founders still somewhat brewers all the nerds things geeks, you can do at a brewery and have to do yeah metalheads metalheads family people yeah. all of it metalheads in many ways yeah all right well here's ben and richie from metalson brewing in memphis Tennessee. okay so we're gonna start over 
this is how you start a podcast by actually pushing the record button, <laughs> which earlier off, you know, recording, I did not push. So can we repeat all this? And yes, this is right now in the podcast because it's kind of funny because we all make mistakes. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, we don't really like doing a blooper reel at the end. We just keep our bloopers in the show. We just started. Yeah. We're better that way. <laughs> okay, cheers to actually recording a podcast. Cheers, cheers. guys. Cheers, everyone. Woo. Uh, second take. Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast. We are uh, kind of, air quotes, in Memphis, Tennessee with Meddlesome Brewing Company with Richie and Ben. Hello again. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. You sounded just like the first take. <laughs> Anyhow, um, Tennessee, earlier, you know, before we hit record, you guys were saying it was a great day there today. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, Richie and the crew have been out here getting the deck ready for the uh, summertime, getting that fresh coat of uh, paint on it. And it's been a, a nice, like, 70-degree day today, all day. Yeah. Pollen, pollen starting to cover the cars. It's pretty awesome. No, I was just going to say, we also had a taco buffet. So Ben made us a bunch of... Uh, uh, chorizo steak and chicken tacos has big massive spread with beer and tacos so yes it is a very good day, very day. <laughs> that makes it a, a that makes it a great day because yeah yeah tacos and beer what what beer on. did you pair with the chorizo and tacos and uh we did memphis style uh which is our american lager um and then we did them a couple of different ways we did it with a lime just because it's you know mexican restaurant type thing uh and then we did uh what a lot of people call it like a Mexican ashtray. So it's hot sauce on top of the rim, like cover the top of the rim with hot sauce and then squeeze a lime on it, crack some black pepper. And whenever you crack the lid that runs into the beer, it makes a delicious little drink. Okay. So I will say right now, anybody who is wondering why the name is Meddlesome Brewing, I mean, right there is a perfect, <laughs> perfect little example of why I think, because you're not afraid to do anything. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> we uh we did not pair it with our crazy hot beer that we have right now you know we wanted to avoid that we just stuck with jalapenos to eat and left the pepper beer in the cooler <laughs> i mean that might be a little much it was a lot <laughs> yeah for sure yeah so tell us actually then you brought up meddlesome can you mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about and not don't tell, don't read us from don't read from your website because your website's great actually by the way like the description oh, of it i'm I love when you can find a website that has a story about the brewery on there. It's um, enchanting. I don't know where that word came from, but I, <laughs> I like it a lot. And I'm just curious more about meddlesome and meddling little shits because I liked that on yeah. there. Too. Well, that's, that's basically it, really. <laughs> I think Richie talks about that the best, really. Uh, yeah, not on the spot though. But we, uh, it's funny. It's like I think the number one thing is people are like, is that a family name? Like you, like you, you really think that fucking there's a family? Is last thing maybe there is. I don't know. It's like yeah, we're the Meddlesome Brothers. So we, we usually when they start that way, we just go with it. I'm just gonna be like, yeah, that's exactly where that name came from. It's a family name, but yeah, that was uh, me and Bren, me and Ben started uh, home brewing, uh, or we met through home brewing and um, started home brewing together, and uh, that's kind of where the name came about. We we're just talking about growing up, and like we were very like minded, and we like taking things apart. We like you know kind of meddling with things and the just the idea um for the name came from that you know like we're we both have been accused of being meddlesome little shits it's you know that's a <laughs> scooby-doo you know kind of where it's that's usually where we have to like guide people is like uh you know where does meddlesome come from like you ever seen scooby-doo 
like those are one for those meddlesome teenagers so um but yeah that that's kind of where the name came from we're just our, our pitch has always been we've never been afraid to uh metal to meddle with convention in search of a better product so that was kind of where it came from and then now our our call sign is uh uh never settle always metal and that's kind of you know our thing is like we're always trying to find new ways to do things we're always trying to find better ingredients you know better processes um and in you know we're we'd like to stir the pot you know that's just kind of who we are so where i think that kind of explains it I mean, where, where where were you guys before a brewery? You haven't, your brewery opened in 2016? Yeah, it was yeah. 2016. Yeah. And technically 2017, I guess. We were a company on paper and signing documents to get a building and starting a build out and all that. But 2017 is like the official opening. So tell us like what led you to a brewery and the two of you together? So I don't know. Both of us were homebrewing from our early 20s. Did you and, know each um, other then? Yeah, yeah. We used to humber together all the time. We would enter competitions together as like a, a team and um, do it independently, whatever. Uh, I actually gave him one of my recipes, entered competition. We both made the same beer in the same competition and entered it, and he beat me on it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good time with that one. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I ended up getting the chance to start a brewery in – man uh i got a 13 yeah, 13, 13 or 14 um and it was part of a uh, pizza place in jackson tennessee so we did that for a good while and then uh started moving out of that trying to get back to memphis because i lived in memphis the whole time uh you know me and the family were here throughout the whole whole stay and i was driving back and forth every day which is about an hour um hour each direction so uh and that time, Richie was over at Bosco's Brewing over there, and we just both of us got together and decided that we were going to do this and in Memphis. And uh, whenever we wanted to do it, we opened up in Cordova because Cordova is the suburb of Memphis, and there's no breweries here. The closest brewery to us is 11 miles. Oh, so wow. we're Yeah, we're sandwiched between East Memphis and every suburb of Memphis we're right in the middle of all of it. So it's, it's a good spot to be. Uh, we try to keep something cool and trendy out this way. Yeah, so stop people from having to drive all the way to, you know, Midtown or downtown Memphis that live in a lot of these like outlying counties and outlying regions. So we, uh, it was actually, I mean, it was a great move. I mean, we've, we've had great success with it. There used to be uh, like a stigma. Um, there's a you know, big interstate system that goes through Memphis. It's the 240 loop. And uh, there was a stigma with like, you never open a brewery outside the 240 loop. And we did, <laughs> you know, so back to being meddlesome, like, well, like, we'll fucking show you. And so we did it and uh, almost like spiteful brewing company or something. But yeah, we we're like, we'll show you. And then uh, of course we we're nervous, but it, it ended up working out great. It ended up being a great thing. We uh, were right outside of Shelby Farms Park, which is at the last I checked, probably the largest urban park, it's one of the largest of urban the largest, park, yeah. uh, parks yeah, in the country. Um, so it's, I mean, it's amazing over there. They have horse riding, there's bison, uh, uh, or buffalo. Yeah, frisbee yeah. Ball. I mean, it, yeah, it's huge. Massive uh, outdoor park. They have a huge, like, off-leash dog park. Uh, so we get a lot of overflow just from the park traffic alone. So what have you guys kind of built your reputation around as a brewery as far as beer goes? Like, what? how on the beer side, what are you guys kind of known for? Uh, not falling into the gimmicks. Yeah. 
yeah, we're we're not a gimmick brewery. We're you know like we're gonna we're gonna push back. We're meddlesome. We're not gonna go and you know bite on all this marshmallow fluff added into the barrel aged <laughs> stout with twenty pounds of graham crackers. I mean, you know if that's what you do, that's what you do. Like do it. It's crap brewing. People are doing crazier things. I mean, hell, they put swim bladders of fish in beer. You know, I guess there's <laughs> wilder things that we could put in there. So. Um, but yeah, we just really do a lot of like classic styles. Um, that part of our brewing, um, also kind of goes back to our name, you know, like what's more meddlesome than to brew classic beers, classic styles of beers in an environment where people are throwing everything you can imagine as far as flavors are concerned under the sun in their beer, you know, and where we kind of push back against that a little bit and, uh, be like, people still want a classic German Pilsner people still want a west coast ipa i mean we still do you know, we do hazy ipas and stuff too but like our flagship is a bitter west coast you know west coast style ipa so we uh that that's definitely i think that's what we're known for um brewing beer that people that beer drinkers like good you know real beer drinkers like our beer i'm Thank pretty proud guys. of that you guys are drinking beer right now what are you guys drinking i'm drinking our dirty doba uh which is our double ipa that we make uh Dirty Dova is kind of the nickname for Cordova. <laughs> they call it was it, the dirty suburb, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> call it the Dirty Dova. So if you grew up around here or from around here, you, you know Cordova is known as di the Dirty Dova. Um, but yeah, so big double IPA, a uh, little less on the bitterness side, more about like flavor and aroma. Uh, big old, it's chock full of wheat and oats, uh, two different types of oats, uh, and a great hop combo of Centennial, Simcoe, and Amarillo, which is uh, one of my Very favorite nice. hop combos. Yeah, so we dry hop just, I mean, to the dickens, like it's great. Nice. Yeah, I've got a uh, Memphis style. Memphis style is our American lager. Uh, we had a blonde ale what we ran for a while since the time we opened and just decided to change things up and moved over to an American lager in its place. Uh, actually, speaking of the Memphis style, um, there's you had something too that I was reading about like called the Memphis spirit and how you your brewery wanted to embody that along with, you know, Memphis barbecue and food and all of that. Can you tell us more? Like, what exactly is the Memphis spirit? Well, it's scrappy. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there is an attitude that comes with people who live in Memphis, you know, but it, it's also about the hustle. Um, I think that uh, Memphis is hardworking, you know, and it's it's definitely has a, a big spirit that um, it's it's one of those things kind of hard to encapsulate uh, into, into words, man, but you, you know people from Memphis. You know, it's, it's one of those things that <laughs> you meet them outside of Memphis and they will they will fight you over their city. <laughs> like, you better not talk shit about their city. Um, a big part of that you see, like, in especially in Tennessee, is like, I live in Memphis, not Tennessee. It's something you hear all the time. <laughs> you know, Memphis is its own thing. Um, we're definitely not uh, the same as the rest of the state. You know, we're not Nashville. We're, you know, we're not uh, East Tennessee, which is beautiful. It's, those are Mount, those are your people, mountain climbing uh, or whatever mountain biking <laughs> RV people, you know. Um, Memphis is hot, and uh, it, you know we're right here on the the river. So I mean, it's just a hardworking, scrappy town, and I think that that kind of, I mean, that's what we try to embody. We're not a, um, we're definitely not your like run of the mill soft brewery. You know, we had a hard kind of a hard edge name, and like he was talking about our pepper beer, we just put out a. I mean, we made you sign a waiver for this beer. It's the hottest beer, but we called it "Fuck Around and Find Out." So, I mean, if that doesn't embody what metalsome is, I don't really know what does, you know. 
And uh, so, but yeah, you had to sign a waiver to drink this beer because I mean, it was just, it burns your throat. It's freaking hot. But I think that's kind of, that, that definitely like, you know, kind of good example of who we are, what that means, trying to embody that spirit. So what kind of peppers did you put in this beer? What didn't we put in? It's a shorter list. Yeah. Really? Really? So you just like mashed a <laughs> bunch was, of peppers in there or what? Uh, so it was actually a pre-made pepper mash. Um, okay. There was ghost pepper, uh, two different types of habanero, cayenne, chipotle, and jalapeno. Yeah. Yeah, that'll take you. It was uh, about a gallon per barrel, basically. Oh, man. So if you drink it, do you earn a t-shirt or anything? Uh, no. No. Nah, you just earn... But we we don't really know. Maybe maybe some a sticker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very very uh, upset stomach that you might need some Pepto for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't sound like the kind of beer that puts hair on your chest. More like one that might melt all the hair off your body. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> if you finish it. Holy yeah, crap. It, it's rough, man. It's it was uh, it's fun. We we like watching people drink it and then just like come undone at the bar. It's probably the only reason why we did it. <laughs> make people just miserable. We, where were oh, we at? It was, it was, it was, There's a story at St. Where were we at? We were at a brewery in um, Charleston, South Carolina, and they do a Carolina Reaper beer. Mm. And their Carolina Reaper IPA is pretty hot, but tolerable. Like I can drink it, and I'm not the biggest spice guy in the world but they take that same beer and once a year for about a month they do a contest where they they do two-thirds of that beer and then they top it off with a third of a special carolina reaper batch that they do that they add twice as much carolina reaper chilies in it, and they use reaper extract in it so it's like super yeah. freaking hot and they serve, <laughs> pint, they serve it in a pint and the deal is you got to come in and you got to drink that entire pint within 10 minutes. You have to sign a waiver. Yeah, you got to sign a waiver too, just like you guys. But you got to drink the entire pint within 10 minutes and then you have to hold it down for at least 10 minutes afterwards oh, yeah. to, keep it, to keep it as uh, winning the challenge. And that includes you can't drink water afterwards. Now you can't get up and go to the bathroom. You can't do anything. You got to sit there and sweat it out. And uh, we saw two different dudes do it while we were there. And one of them came in, one guy knew exactly what he was doing. He'd done it before. And then another guy just off the street came in with a couple friends and he saw some contest to drink this chili beer. And he's like, I'll do that. And then he like signs a waiver, drinks it like in 30 seconds. And he sat there for like 10 minutes, just sweating bullets, but he did it. And then they're like, yeah, you get a t-shirt. And he's like, oh, cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm like that seems like a lot of unnecessary pain to win a t-shirt. It's like it's, uh, it's thirty dollars for the beer. Here's your free t-shirt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To me, there's got to be something more to it than winning a t-shirt. There's got to be something about drinking a beer like that that you get. You know, I don't know what it is you get out of that. Maybe you guys can explain because I don't get it. That's the human animal, man. I don't know. There's strange out. species, no doubt. Yeah. No <laughs> doubt. A price like that should definitely be followed up with something like reaper jerky or something you know like oh, man. just like oh man i just drank this spicy beer and he just gave me a whole bag of reaper jerky to eat this is great that's my prize more punishment the gift that keeps on giving exactly <laughs> so also along the lines of the memphis spirit thing is i did come across a little item that you guys brewed a beer with jerry the king lawler before um i mean he didn't come over here not not and, really brewed you know, with, brew with us per se but 
can for those yeah. who are like under a rug or just don't know what the hell you're talking about can you explain maybe a lot of is? the ones that are under like 40 years old yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know he was still he was still commentating wrestling just i mean up to like five years ago i yeah. think yeah i think he was yeah. i don't think he's even officially retired yet yeah no, he had a stroke but, recently so it slowed him down a little bit yeah. but um yeah so he's he's a memphis wrestling icon yeah and has been in the wwf to wwe whenever you know they were having him as an announcer and everything um and we reached out to him personally asked him if it was okay can we use the name you know is this something that you're okay with it's not actually your name it's kind of a play on it and i said yeah that's that's fine just you know please don't use a likeness of me i said all right that's cool no problem um and we ended up brewing this india pale lager was that all mosaic yeah yeah all mosaic india pale lager um and the release of it we did at jerry lawler's bar on beale street for mick foley's memphis wrestling and hall of fame induction wow so that was our, our release they were the first people in the city to get the beer um jerry lawler was there mick foley was there um jerry thinks it's crazy as can be he's like i don't know why anybody would name a beer after me i don't drink apparently they think it's funny whatever uh but we've had people from all over the united states contact us about that beer can i get one can i get a can do you have any of the labels is there a sticker like man we haven't made that beer in two years or three years like yeah like no you can't get one i don't there is none to get i'm sorry like I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it went over well. Um, it was just one of those fun things to do. We had a good time doing it. It was a really good, really good beer. Also. It's like famously, uh, um, I wouldn't say an advocate against alcohol, but like that's one of his things he preaches about is how he's never had a sip of alcohol in his life. He's never done any drugs. He's never smoked a cigarette or anything at all. So we were like, let's name a beer after the most famous wrestler from Memphis who doesn't <laughs> drink. And uh, see if we can get him to sign off on it and then serve it at his bar for which he also doesn't drink at. So I don't know. We just, we, that, it definitely goes back to that, that meddlesome spirit. And like, uh, like that, that was just funny to us. It was so ironic, you know, like, but he was game for it, man. And people love that beer. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's not, it's not as um, expected as say like Steve Austin, who just did his own beer with a brewery, I think out in California or something recently, but yeah. Yeah, if he didn't man, do it with like Stone, I think there's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally should have been with Stone Brewing. <laughs> but <laughs> okay, um, yeah, but I think the thing with Jerry Lawler is pretty cool. And especially that that connection that he doesn't even drink or anything. And uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I grew up watching that kind of like Georgia Championship Wrestling and NWA and the ones that people nowadays, wrestling fans nowadays don't really know much about those sure. organizations, probably. And but I think Jerry Lawler is probably most famous to the average person. Um, if they followed Andy Kaufman at all, his career and yeah, that yeah, wrestling exactly. debacle back in the day where he supposedly broke Andy Kaufman's neck in a wrestling match and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, smack, smack the bejesus out of him. Yeah, <laughs> Johnny Carson or something. Yeah, Letterman. Letterman, yeah. Yeah. Letterman or yeah, that that was an incredible story. So I mean, that's a lot of character, and I think that's what you're getting at too. Is that's that Memphis character is this. I don't know. There's something it's like if you walk, put a brewer from Memphis in the same room with a brewer from Nashville, what happens from Asheville, Nashville, Nashville, both from Tennessee, oh, although you're from Memphis, not Tennessee. So 
There you go. There you yeah. go. There yeah. you go. That says it all right there. We're all good. We're we're all cool. We all like uh, you know spicy fried chicken and uh, craft beer, but you know we're definitely not going to agree on what style of beer we want to drink. Yeah. <laughs> and Nashville's got some great breweries, and there's a uh, but they you know they have niche breweries too, which is like something I don't really think you'll find in Memphis. Um, yeah, every one of us are kind of brewing all over the map. You know, we there's not a brewery that only does this one particular thing. And there's some breweries, you know, and big, bigger, it's like any big, you know, big city that has a large, healthy brewing scene, you're going to see niche breweries. You're not really going to see that in Memphis. Yeah. Memphis has got, you got a common man drinker, man. You got to have a, a nice light beer for people. Beer flavored beer, what we call it. Beer flavored beer. Well, and you guys said it's hot there. And I think that. I think that lends itself a lot to what kind of beer you're going to brew, right? Because it's oh, for sure. You yeah, know, you can't if it's. I don't know how cold it gets in the middle of winter there, but even if it doesn't get down below sixty degrees in the day or seventy degrees, you're not going to sell a lot of fifteen percent Russian Imperial stouts that pour like motor oil, you know. Yeah, exactly. But you might might sell some Schwartz beer though, and you know, some other good. Well, we do. Beer. Yeah, we have a, a seasonal beer called Burn the Witch that we named after a local metal band that's a black lager Schwartz beer that we do in the fall. And it's, it goes, it goes over great because I mean, September, it could still be 92 degrees, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, September, it's still pretty hot here. So it, uh, I mean, going on into even October, um, I mean, Halloween, we were, we were dying out there on Halloween this year, taking the kids trick or treating. Cause it was just like, I mean, it wasn't, it was unbearable. It was warm and humid. It was yeah. really strange. Yeah. I was just going to say, going along here, talking to you guys, like we've talked little different beers here and stuff. And I feel like we asked the wrong question asking about beer styles that you guys are known for or brew. And I think we should be going down the list of beer names that you guys have because you've dropped a name or two here and there and they're all freaking epic. <laughs> I love how do you come up with such great names, man? That's like you've had some killer ones already we take all these really bad ideas and we put them on the wall and we find probably throw darts at them yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's it that's how we just hope. and it's usually hope the one on one that's not that bad <laughs> it's usually probably the one that the a marketing expert would be like no do not use that never use that yeah, <laughs> um, hey our, is, that our, how, is that how the entire industry i'm just kind of kidding on this one but kind of serious with all the crap that's been going on in the world the last few years is how the the industry is heading is you pick something and put all this stuff on the wall and then you throw an throw arrow darts, at it yeah. and say like all right this is where craft beer is heading this time and you throw another arrow next year and this it's just a lot of it's like we we don't have a name for a beer before we brew it i mean we do have like a couple of names that stick around that still haven't had a beer assigned to them but usually it's the beer then the name and um you know cans for us were only two years in the cans yeah so like we have to think about things a little further out but before it was draft only and we could really short it on how long we needed on a name it's like well we're going to package this today what's the what's the final name on this what are we what are <laughs> we going to call it and we would just throw names back and forth and usually something would stick that was pretty decent was canning something you guys had planned to go into or was that was that like a lot of breweries that during covid and the different dynamics that happened because of that you kind of yeah went... so we we definitely planned on going into cans um it was just a matter of time and we had actually had our canning line for nearly 
almost a year before uh, COVID, but we're so anal retentive about quality of product and everything else that uh, neither one of us had ever run a canning line. So we spent a lot of time testing, practicing, running with it. The canning line was definitely a, a, a hurdle for us. And we were going to uh, find out how long our beer would be good in cans and how bad we could mistreat it and what all needed to happen. So it was definitely a learning curve for us and finding out what we needed to do. I mean, they rode around in the back of my car, Richie's car, our sales rep's car. They sat under the bar. I mean, you name it. It was definitely one of those things that it was, we're going to treat this beer bad and see how long it'll stay good. Huh. And then we finally had to. It's like, oh, cool. It's COVID. We can't sell anything. Uh, right. We got to roll this. We did two weeks before the shutdown. Yeah. Yeah, we put our first can out two weeks before the, uh, we had a, a pretty big shutdown here in Memphis that lasted better part of eight and a half months where we, our tap room wasn't open. We weren't allowed to open our tap room. So that was pretty rough. Um, but the, uh, we had just put our first can out. So COVID really forced us to move our entire catalog of beers into cans in a pretty short amount of time. Uh, we weren't ready for that. We only had one product in a can and we were going to do like a slow rollout, but I mean, <laughs> we had the rug pulled out from under us a little bit. So we had to, we had to adapt and survive pretty quick, but so as the names, uh, we don't have a marketing department. It's only, it's, it's me and Ben, me and Ben are everything. And we, you know, we're, we, uh, open this place with, you know, our own capital, um, well, we're 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 the owners we're the qc we're the janitor today i was a painter um so i mean it just you know it if we think it's funny and it it like meets whatever we're going for that's what we're going to name the, <laughs> the, the dumber usually the better so are you are you guys uh who's brewing so we have two uh we have two guys that uh um handle the production side of what we do uh, a guy named judd and a guy named chris um, so they're, they handle a majority of the, the actual brewing. I mean, me and Ben still write recipes, uh, Chris and we have a small batch system and Chris and Judd will write recipes for that and brew it. But, you know, me and Ben are still the ones coming up with the, the major production recipes that we have. I mean, but we're here every day canning, uh, when we're, you know, but we still have hands on with everything that we do. Yeah. Uh, it's not like we're not here for that, but we don't, when we were open, when we first opened, we and Ben were running the tap room as well as brewing. So, yeah. I mean, we were literally wrapping up, you know, 12 hour brew days, still in boots and gloves and running up front to get the tap room open so we could start pouring beer. Um, and we did that for a better part of a year before we finally were able to start hiring some people and could kind of, kind of maybe bring in some brewing people. I don't think we hired a brewer until almost three years into opening, right? Yeah, Two, three like years. Yeah. So me and Ben were handling still all the production side of things. We just hired some tap room people and me and him were still brewing um pretty much every day do you guys miss that part of the process of actually brewing no, it brewing sucks, <laughs> dude. wait 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 i want to hear brewing that. Is the worst <laughs> i mean it's always something that you like to do get out there and do it um but also it's nice to not just be out there sweating and dying uh but also it kind of sucks to be sitting in an office and doing a bunch of paperwork and you know like it it's I guess it's probably a decent balance like we have the opportunity now if you want to go and brew you go and brew if you want to go and filter you go and filter whereas before it was like this is what we have to do today and also when we're done we have to run the tap room and then we go and do it all again so 
it's a, it, it's a good balance, I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah, us having time to be able to work on the business rather than work in the business has, has really helped us grow. We're, we're, we're growing more in the last two years than we have in the entire time we've been open. So, and a big part of that was getting a, a really great crew uh, in the back to kind of help, you know, help do some of those chores back there that needed to be done so that we could go, you know, worry about trying to grow the business. Um, so that, that, I mean, it's super important. So while all that is important and it's something that's necessary and you do seem to like it, what's something that really puts for both of you guys like that big ass grin on your face every time you walk in the door or think about your business? Ooh, uh, it would, if it was piles of money, that would, be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's the key for, yeah. for me. It's really like walking in and seeing a tap room full of people. Like I see that every day and it's just one of those things like all these people chose to come here. They chose to buy this beer. This is the spot that they want to hang out at, like laughing, carrying on, having a good time. That that makes me happy. Yeah, I would say to add to that would be for me like events um, where you're able to like have this awesome event at a brewery and kind of stand back and maybe nobody knows who you really are. And you're watching them actually enjoy the beer that you brewed that i mean that's a high i think every brewer reaches for constantly you can read untapped reviews all day uh till you're blue in the face but it's the visual of watching people enjoy your event that you've been busting your ass for three months trying to organize drinking the beer that you've been busting your ass for months brewing and packaging and then like seeing that actually come together in real life yeah that's amazing that, that's the best high ever yeah it's like that whole thing of something that's that is rewarding is usually doesn't come easy. You have to work your ass off to get there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, can I, I'm going to ask a little serious question, I guess. Where do you guys see like craft beer heading the future of it? Because it's kind of been the last few years all over the board. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, I think you're still going to see the same thing, whatever the next hot and trendy style is there's going to be breweries hopping on that that's their thing and that's what they do but um overall um if if like a realistic thing i probably think that there's going to be a decent amount of closed and a decent amount not open back up like reopen you know new places um the the crab brewing industry probably lose a few but right now it's so saturated that uh i don't know that it'd really be unaffected you know, by any of the numbers. It's just been, you know, with everything that's been going on, you see all these closures happening left and right. And uh, there's nowhere near the openings that there were. And to add to that, I think a big part of it is where you're at. Where are you when you're saying where's crap you're heading? Because like Memphis is a very different market. We're 15, 20 yeah, years behind true. the rest of the country. Um, as far as number of breweries per capita, I mean, all of those things. Like we, we're way behind the rest of the country. So depending on where you're at, I definitely, you're going to see, you're definitely going to see regional changes. Um, for things sure. change regionally, you know, but I see a lot of things, not for us, but I see a lot of stuff moving to non-alcoholic beverages, which is very strange to me, you know, seeing people passionate about making beer want to make, you know, NA beer. I don't really, I mean, there's enough of those people, like we get asked all the time about non-alcoholic beers. Well, I mean, it's a ridiculous amount of money invested into the equipment that you need to be able to produce that because you do have to produce a beer and then remove the alcohol yeah. and hope that you don't tarnish the flavor in the process so i mean it's a it's a lot of work a lot of money goes into it and i don't think that i mean i don't think we're 
there yet here in Memphis, but I know that that's probably going to be booming all over the rest of the country. Eventually it's coming. That's where it looks like it's moving for me. Um, personally, when I look at things, but yeah, it really just depends on where you're at. Um, I think Memphis is, uh, I think we've hit a good number of breweries for how many people drink beer here. So I think here you're going to see people just kind of dig in and do what they do best, get rich in their niche, you know, find the, find the, their audience and do the best that they can to, to keep making beer for that audience. And Richie said something about regional breweries. That's, that's one thing that I definitely see happening and more and more of the regional breweries struggling, like the, the bigger companies are not doing as great as some of the smaller ones are. Um, I, I don't know if that's just simply people don't consider it local and they're going to a, like a hyper local brand or what it is, but there's been a lot of those ones that are, you know, have, 30 state distribution that are like starting to really kind of struggle on it. Yeah. You see every day you hear of, you know, bells or whoever, you know, so whoever's the next one, Avery is sold bells um, stone. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah, the guy who was like the biggest voice for never selling sold should yep. tell you a lot about where the industry's going, that side of the industry's going, you know? Yeah. Especially once you get to a certain level, it's like, you're just you are you are truly just running a business at that point you're not really you're running a giant manufacturing facility yeah yeah you don't get to play around and have the fun that you used to have that that created that whole movement of craft beer i think but right and i'm sure there's still going to be enough place for that over time but i don't know oh yeah it's interesting to see though because right now i feel like a lot of breweries are throwing darts at a board on what they're making and stuff. And just like you said, you guys don't really follow trends that much. And I think that's probably a good thing. Cause I, I see people having to shift gears every other day because they're like, Oh, we're going to make hard seltzer now, or we're going to make uh, ready to drink cocktails, or we're going to, you know, all these different things or peanut butter, peanut butter, Twinkie, you know, <laughs> lager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's fine if that's what you like, but it's yeah. just for us, it wasn't really. I mean, we just made a peanut butter beer, but not because that was like trendy, it's because that was what one of our brewers wanted to do. Wanted to do it. So I was like, yeah, I want to make a peanut butter cup stout. Cool, do it. What do you, you know, let's, you, let's not put tons of actual peanut butter cups in it, though, and let's find a better way to do it, you know. But he, uh, I mean, we, we make a seltzer because we have a huge audience that wants a gluten free option. So that's why we started making seltzer. We always wanted to hold some kind of gluten free um beer but we just i mean i don't really like gluten-free beers and uh, i really like gluten-free beers like i don't i don't like the way they taste i've had you know some that are supposed to be great yeah so we made seltzer to fix that is what i was saying yeah. we uh we didn't right. do it because we were following a trend we did it because we saw a need in our own market for it and we filled it um and that was kind of you know that's what we look at it and if we how long did we make seltzer before we finally put it out like three months Four months we were we were playing with recipes for a while before oh, yeah. we were happy yeah um because we're not just going to put the first thing out and be like fine let's this is good we play with a bunch of flavorings and a bunch of you know different things because we we wanted to be happy with the final product well and there's a big difference between doing that and like you, you said even making the peanut butter stout there's a big difference between making those beers and making them and crafting them the right way and versus just chasing the latest trend to see if you can sell a bunch of it I think you're like, even just you guys making your hard seltzer, that's like you said, it fills a niche with your audience where it, it probably allows more people to stay in the tap room longer and enjoy it longer because they're with somebody who now has an option there. Yeah. There you go. Who's not a beer drinker. Yeah. 
You look like you had something to say. I was going to try and lighten it up a little bit. Okay. Not so serious. <laughs> lighten it up. Well, hard seltzer is pretty light. Hard seltzer. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't have to be. I guess you put more sugar in it. And... <laughs> what beer is in your refrigerator right now at home? Uh, my own beer. Nice. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mick Ultra, it is. It's uh, I was Miller Lite yes. and uh, Memphis style. And uh, I think I've got a somebody. I had a get together in my house not too long ago. Somebody left a 12 pack of Natty Light or Natty Ice. No, no, no. Natty Light in my refrigerator. So that's in there. That's just for profiling purposes, though. Just in case somebody comes by, like, go get you a Natty Light, bro. I don't know. My own beer is in my refrigerator right now. Well, I mean, there's a whole thing when you work in the beer industry. There's, you know, you're tasting it all the time. You're judging it. You're trying to like nitpick things. And there's that moment when you just need to drink a beer. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, we we have we usually have a cooler full here at the brewery. We have a cooler full of other beers that people bring us and we drink them on canning days. So typically on canning days, we'll share a whole bunch of different stuff. We'll taste them, break them down pour them down the drain whatever it is that we got to do um but yeah that's usually our beer tasting days uh i have a sour from crooked stave yeah. at yeah. my house right now that i'm really somebody bought me for christmas and i'm i'm waiting for him to come over so we can drink it so that i'm excited about but yeah nice about it my beer and a one bottle of a sour from crooked stave that's it <laughs> <laughs> that's not a not a bad array of beer no nope. ben did i hear writers or Maybe Rick from Malt Europe said something about you also open distilleries or? Um, I did help my friend uh, at Samuel Bryant in like Jackson, Tennessee area uh, open his, his still, I had helped build uh, the column for it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was a, it was a big, big project for me on that. And um, I was, I was up there and I think that was pretty much the in-between time of, uh, the first brewery and the second one so he needed some help with it so i helped him out he's got a nice big six inch column on his still now nice <laughs> that works yeah, we have a solid copper ball well not solid we have a copper sheathed bar yeah it's copper covered yeah copper covered bar here at the tap room and uh, we soldered it installed and soldered it ourselves so we we did a lot of uh work on this place i mean when you hear people say it's like a labor of love it's and there's a lot of truth to that. We we did the almost the entire build out. Everything that we didn't have to have a subcontractor for, we did ourselves. Yeah. Um, I mean, we installed all of our own brewery equipment when we got it. We got it off the truck. We didn't hire a rigger. We got it off the truck and did it all ourselves. Yeah. So, I mean, the tanks come laying down in the back of the truck. We had to stand them up, put them in place. We plumbed all of our own glycol. Um, we, we are definitely a DIY till we die type brewery. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the more uh, you do that, it. the more you yeah. do that, then the, the more you have, like, you you know exactly what's going on within your brew house. Sure, yeah. wow. Go, every noise, every clink, every, all of it. Yeah. Rick may have also been confused. I sell brewery equipment also. And that may have been part of what he was thinking. I've been selling brewery equipment since I had my first brewery. Um, so whenever we got into this, you know, it was something that was fairly easy for us to get going. Uh, we've, we're familiar with it. The last, uh, like, I don't know, uh, three weeks before our equipment showed up, uh, I had a brewery install in Illinois. So I was like, hey, man, come up. Let's do this. So we, me and him took a trip up with our families and uh, went out and did a full brewery install over the weekend. And uh, 
came back down and got to do our own three weeks later. Yeah. I mean, there's no better way to get familiar with the product than to go and do it, you know? Yeah. You got a dry run before you got to set up your own, huh? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right. Outside of beer, how would you guys each define yourselves? Like Ben? Uh, Yeah. I'm uh, chubby and sweaty. (laughs) I'm typically hungry. Wait, wait, no. That's not what you wanted? No. That's perfectly fine. The, uh, I'm a nerd, man. I'm a nerd through and through. Uh, I like to play Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering, and uh, I like science fiction. I like to read. Um, it's really all of the all of those things kind of brought me to beer. When I started homebrewing, it was a weird nerdy thing that you know people like thought I was making methamphetamine. Like, are you cooking meth? I'm like, no, bro, this is beer. What are you talking about? <laughs> so like, when I got into homebrewing, I, I, I loved it because there was like so much you know science and engineering involved in it. Um, so I would say that, you know, I'm just a curious guy that likes to learn new things. Um, and that, that pretty much, you know, big family man. Uh, I've got, uh, got two kids, one about to graduate high school, one about to start high school. Um, so, you know, if I'm not working on my house or, or, uh, spending time with them, that's usually what I'm doing is uh, reading something about something nerdy, looking up something about something nerdy. <laughs> I like to fix broken TVs on my spare time too. TVs I find on the side of the road. <laughs> my wife's like super pissed right now. I got like four TVs in my garage all on a workbench. Took, you know, like, oh, this one needs, you know, a T-Con board. Like, please throw all this away. But yeah. We're not busy enough. He's taking up a, a, a new TV, hobby. TV yeah. <laughs> I think if we can flip the switch on our high school years and have people understand that being the nerd is the cool kid. Yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had comic books and yeah, yeah. Listen to metal. So yeah, I mean, it's, you know, that definitely was stuck out like a sore thumb, but yeah, I would say that's, that's probably best way I get to find myself outside of being a brewer. Favorite metal band. You have a favorite or just it depends on the time. Ooh, man, oh. no, I got like a top five. I mean, it's, uh, right. I don't top know. Five. Top yeah. five. Yeah, sure. I'm sweating my ass off now. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> in, in no particular order, just bands. You oh, like. okay. All right. Thanks no for pressure. that. Yeah, that definitely helped. Um, Probably like I'll go new and old. Uh, Death would definitely be in my top five. Uh, there's a newer band called August Burns Red. They're definitely one of my top five. Um, I mean, I, I, who doesn't love Iron Maiden? Um, I probably have to say, yeah, you know, that's right. Uh, <laughs> the Black Dahlia Murder. Uh, it's what, three? Tool. They call them progressive metal, but they're definitely a top five metal band. Uh, and, and I'm going to stop at Sepultura. Probably. Oh, wow. be my top five favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... The uh, it's like one of those things where it's like name five songs from the band shirt you're wearing, and then when you're on the spot, you can't do oh, it. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> I listen to everything you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You did that everything. brilliantly. You yeah, answered thanks. that. Yeah. Thank you. Nice job. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, now we can put Ben on the spot. Really, like a lot. A lot of me is probably uh, you know undiagnosed ADHD. I don't sit still. I always have to be going. I get very bored very quickly. Uh, I always have projects. Like it's just a lot of like, go, 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 go. Uh, Sitting down really kind of wears on me pretty quick. (laughs) So, you know, me and the family are always out and about doing something. And same thing, I have a wife and two kids. Uh, We're always out traveling out of town or running around Memphis or the Burbs. So, yeah. Ben never stops seven days a week. He's always doing something. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to add or say or 
No, thanks for having us on. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, we're stoked. I see you're wearing a Malt Europe t-shirt. Name five of their grains. Five of their grains? Do it, Kenny. <laughs> Munich 5L, Crystal Wheat 3. Oh, come on. Munich. Um, let's see. What else? Steam 60. You named the obscure ones, too. Steam 60. And <laughs> Steam 60. Munich Bavarian and... Pilsner. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he has a list right there. The I do not, not have a list in front of me. Good I've job. actually Good written job. a lot about the malt Europe malts. So. <laughs> and every time oh, I can, great. I can give you the secret code names behind some of them. <laughs> you know what? On that oh, one, nice. cheers to Metalsim and cheers to Malt Europe and cheers to you guys. Ooh, that cheers was a you good guys, cheers. Thank you guys. Cheers. Appreciate it. Dude, you knew your shit. They put you on the spot and you're like, you knew it. There was no fucking around finding out from you. You nailed it. <laughs> well, I better know the malt, man. I mean, that's part of what my job is right now. Yeah. So we've been working did, with Malt Europe for a while, so I better know their shit. Did did you did you catch that reference? Dude, I had to use that reference. You that beer did. name? That beer name Fuck is around and find out. Awesome. It's a good beer name. <laughs> yeah. I could I think I could name right. five bands too, though. See, now you all understand the Scooby-Doo reference from the beginning, too. <laughs> ah, meddling little shits. <laughs> meddling little shits. <laughs> and the meddling little teenagers from Scooby-Doo. Where are you? Okay, I'm done with Scooby-Doo. Wasn't it? Wait, before... <laughs> yeah, but also, I know you and... Even me, when I was younger, I was watching wrestling. We watched oh, yeah. um, Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Rowdy Piper and... You were a WWF girl. Yes, I was WWF. So, yeah. It's... When it was WWF and not WWE, which it is now. Yeah. But it's so cool, like, the way they do those collabs. And the guy doesn't even, like, drink or even tout drinking, but just to put that... And again, that's that Memphis spirit that they're kind of talking about. They just want to highlight that. Oh, Jerry but... Lawler? Yeah. 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 So the beer was... for that? But he was cool. I mean, it was... He was fun to watch. He was, like, Georgia Championship Wrestling and... I think he also crossed over, and I used to watch AWA wrestling here well, in Denver, was... which was a Denver and Minnesota kind of based wrestling oh. thing, um, with the High Flyers, Baron von Raschke, um, Jerry mm. Blackwell. Oh man, some good shit. Don't know those but, names. <laughs> but yeah, Jerry Lawler was a big one back then, and he got famous with that whole thing with Andy Kaufman when they did that whole thing that that you seen like in the movie and all that shit, or if you lived through it like we did. <laughs> or I did. I don't know. You probably weren't paying attention. Anyhow, but you had a lot of to that. People can't see your faces. He's making faces <laughs> like like you guys can see his faces. So I don't know what he's trying to prove from his like face making things going on here. I don't either. <laughs> but I'm you used guess. to. I mean, I think I watched wrestling way back when because my boyfriend then at the time really liked it. So then I got into it, and then you had just I don't know probably wrestling around the basement with your brothers when you were younger. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, growing up here in Denver, when I was a kid, kid, like little kid, our TV, when this is dating me big time now, but we didn't even have cable TV yet. So we had like four or five TV stations, over the air TV stations. And one of them was just this local channel two is what it was, but it's just a really small station. And they had wrestling was one of the big things every weekend that I looked forward to, like every Saturday, you know, and it was just fun. And it's funny if you look back on if i look back on it now it's like they shot most of these wrestling matches in a little wrestling studio somewhere 
and there were probably like 20 people in the audience or 30 people in the audience watching these guys jump around and smash each other to build up the you know the live events when they would do a live event somewhere it'd be bigger like at the coliseum or something and you know you'd sell 10,000 tickets or 5,000 tickets or whatever but <laughs> but that I don't know it's different times I just think it's cool like this is why we tell the stories behind the breweries and behind the beer because there's always these like cool little things that you would never get unless you ask the questions and when you go into a brewery sometimes you're just going with friends and you're drinking the beer and you don't ever really get that chance to ask those questions but then listening to us asking them you get to know so much behind the scenes as to where these ideas come from and to how they figure out who they want to collab with and all these things like it's so creative how breweries and things come up with things like that you know I mean outside of just throwing darts at the wall to figure out a name actually just yesterday whenever it is when you guys listen to this we were at woods boss brewing company and talking to the brewer there and stuff trying to figure out a name for a beer and it's just like you're trying to shoot the shit and figure it out and just throw out all these names and brainstorm and you're like no no and they go through this every single time you name a beer trying to find that one that fits it perfectly so there's a lot of but it all comes from somewhere yeah but there's a lot of effort that gets put into naming a beer because they want it to tell the story properly well you want it to tell a story and especially in craft beer you know especially smaller breweries usually your beers and the beer names and stuff kind of tie into the overall theme of the brewery you know it's not like there are a lot of breweries that are just maybe the name of the town or something but even that, you know, you usually kind of then come up with references to the town or, or people in the town or things like that that tie in to give it an overall theme. And a lot of that is just because of your personality and, you know, the people who started the brewery or whatever. Woods Boss, Jordan Fink, who's the who is the one of the founders there, and he's also the head brewmaster there. He's like he was a Woods Boss in another life you know he out trail building and and doing these things out in the woods and for him and his partner chad they like it it fit for their brewery it became a cool theme to build around and everything ties into that woods boss theme and the mountain lifestyle and everything and meddlesome is the same way yeah. like that's exactly what they're saying they just they these two met like they said at a home brewing club and just started having a conversation and they decided that they were both like you know meddling little shits and how they always wanted to like figure things out and tear things apart and fix things and it just worked and, and that's I, still them yeah. yeah and i really really like how they look at what is more meddlesome than brewing classic beers in the world where you're putting everything into your beer what's more meddlesome than that than going kind of back to the roots and brewing good classic beer drinking beers right right yeah and like they said they don't it's not that they don't do you know modern takes on things of course they do but you know that is kind of a cool thing that they put their personality into it all yeah it's just woven into the way the business works Mm -hmm. It's classic beers. This is how I like to title it, too. It's classic beers with a little bit of chaos thrown in. <laughs> Everybody needs a little bit of chaos to keep you on your toes, right? That's true. Yeah, because that chaos is what makes life exciting, too, good or bad. <laughs> yeah, so. so if you're running through Memphis anytime soon, make sure you stop in at Meddlesome and check it out. Yeah, and if you do happen to be at CBC, um, check us out. Find yeah. us. Look for us. Holler. Hey, Ken, April, Living Style Life, where are you? We'll be there. Yeah, if you catch this podcast within the few days before CBC, give us a shout. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I don't we think so. We would be um, 
it would be remiss, is that how you would say it, if we yep. didn't at least mention our coolest adult camp ever. So we're not going to go do a big old spiel with that, but check out Camp Carpadium. Ken, you almost nailed it last time, but not quite, so I'm going to take it over again. C-A-M-P-C-A-R-P-E-D-I-E-M.com. If you're tired of hearing about it, but you haven't checked it out yet, like you better check it out because this is really cool, whether you travel yeah. or not, or it's just about the beer and the community. So, yeah, I'm yeah, done. Just check it out at the website and join us in Montana up around uh, Glacier National Park. Montana. September 28th through October 1st. Wait, so see, in a way, we've kind of now taken you to Tennessee, out of the country to Columbia, uh, to Colorado, and now sort of kind of to Montana. We're projecting right? you to Montana. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Alrighty. And with that, please subscribe, leave us a review, share this with your friends, um, go to our podcast page and buy us a beer. That helps keep everything rolling. And uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, and we're going to do a fist bump. Fist bump, cheers. Fist bump, cheers. <laughs> Peace out. We'd love to hear from you, so keep the conversation going. Send us a note, share a beer recommendation or two, or just say hey. This Stout Conversation has been brought to you by livingastoutlife.com, where you can find community and resources for all your craft beer, travel, and adventure lifestyle needs.